Hello and welcome to the Flix Forum Podcast, where each episode we go back and we look at a Netflix original film in the order of release. However, today we have a very special bonus episode where we're looking at a brand new Netflix film from 2023. It's the action thriller Extraction 2. It's directed by Sam Hargrave. It stars Chris Hemsworth, Golshif Farani, Adam Bassar, Olga Kurlenko, Daniel Berthardt, Tinanti Dalakshivi and Idris Elba. I butchered that one. I apologize. I'm Jesse. I'm here with this special bonus episode to talk about this brand new Netflix film. As always, we will spoil this film. I will we'll talk about bits and pieces from this film. And, and obviously, this is a sequel, Extraction 2. So if you haven't seen the original Extraction film from 2020, go and check it out. I think it's uh, sort of charting in all the Netflix uh, charts across the world at the moment in anticipation of this film. But also, we did do an episode on uh, that film not too long ago as well. So this film, the original, is fairly fresh in my mind. Give us a a listen, search for that episode if you're keen to check out the first uh, discussion on Extraction. But this one's all about the sequel from 2023. So we kick off with our Fast Flicks, which is a quick little summary of what the film is all about. So this one is about Rake. He's back, Tyler Rake, and he's got to break his ex-wife's sister out of prison along with her family, and help them escape a world of crime. Probably not the best uh, fast flicks, but it's the easiest way I could put uh, what the gist of this film is all about, I guess, um, without giving too much away. So if you're keen on that one, um, hang around. We're going to talk a little bit about how this one ended up on Netflix. How did we end up with a sequel? Um, I think that, obviously, we, we've got to talk about that this being based on the graphic novel called Sea Dad, um, which is by Andy Parks, Joe Russo, Anthony Russo, Fernando Leon Gonzalez, and Eric Skillman. So, obviously, the Russo brothers are known for their work on the Marvel films, um, a couple of other Netflix films. I think they did The Grey Man as well, but uh, they were heavily involved in the first one and this one as well. Um, the Obviously, a sequel to the 2020 film of Extraction. It was in May of 2020, so not too long after or when the original Extraction was, was coming out. Um, Joe Russo was hired to write the sequel with the intention of Sam Hargrave and Chris Hemsworth returning. And then it got to December of 2020, where the Russo brothers stated that beyond the sequel, they also hoped to develop a series of films set within this world of Extraction to not only explore some of the characters that were in the first film, but sort of potentially launch this cinematic universe. And then I think it was in Jan of 2021, it was rumored that the Russo brothers were also working on this origin story for a character, Saju, who was in the first film. But the filming for this one, Extraction 2, was meant to begin in Sydney in Australia in September of 2021, but as we've seen with a lot of films, um, we're sort of covering the 2020 films at the moment, but um, in Australia at that time, the COVID-19 pandemic was a little bit out of control, so they had to move production all the way to Prague in the Czech Republic. Um, So it was in November of 2021 that um, Hargrave, the director, announced that Principal photography had begun in the Czech Republic, and then Hemsworth announced that he'd begin or he'd begun to film his scenes from the start of December. They did some more shots in Vienna, in Austria, in January of 2022, and this went through till Feb. And then there were also some shots at Dunu City, which is um, in the vicinity of the DC Towers. Filming officially wrapped on the 6th of April 2022, and they did some reshoots in Prague in November of 2022 as well. In um, like obviously um, Austria plays a big part in this in this film, and in Vienna there's this um, it's called the Donna Palate, which is this architecture 
logical modern area of, of the Austrian capital. And um, filming there actually went for two weeks from the 1st of Feb to the 14th of Feb of 2022. And several businesses, like a daycare center, they all had to close down for this full two weeks. Um, and the reason for this, especially with the daycare center, was there was a lot of uh, big action sequences that they didn't want to scare the little kids. So that, that's fair enough too. Um, this apparently is the biggest movie production in um, in Austria since Mission Impossible 5. The big thing about this film is there is this uh, one take, and I say that with inverted commas because it's it, it appears to be a one take, it's not quite a one take, but this one take action sequence during the first act of the film, it's 21 minutes long. And I'll probably talk a little bit about that um, a bit later on as well. This one had a tagline. The tagline for this one was, prepare for the ride of your life. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't mind it. It's nothing original, but yes, this is uh, definitely a ride if, you, if you're along to watch this film. Across the world, in Spanish, this was called Rescue Mission 2. In French, it was called Tyler Rake 2, based on our main protagonist, Tyler Rake. In Czech, it was called Redemption 2. In Japanese, it's called Tyler Rake reclaiming life 2 in russia it's called tyler rake rescue 2 and in chinese it's called rescue 2 so a couple of takes on um including very similar to the first film extraction and and how they translated across the world as well as i mentioned this one was filmed across europe it debuted or had a small theatrical run in america from the 13th of june 2023 and then it hit netflix worldwide on the 16th of june 2023 what are the critics and audiences saying about this film so if we look at Rotten Tomatoes, this actually sits fresh at 75% on 89 reviews. This is only like two days since it's been released, but positive signs early on. The audience has it even higher at 90%. That's on more than 500 reviews. So again, positive. IMDb sits on a 7.3 out of 10 on over 19,000 ratings. And on Letterboxd, this is fairly high on Letterboxd too, a 3.4 out of 5 on nearly 18,000 ratings. So, so far, the consensus for this one's pretty good. What? Are my early thoughts i guess and for me this was this was bonkers this was bonkers fun um, it's the type of action film that i think would probably be best on the biggest screen possible with like surround sound some popcorn and just like two hours of not having to think about anything really other than being entertained and i really enjoyed it i thought it was really good fun so let's talk about some of the characters obviously tyler rake we've spoken about him in the first film we know from the first film that you know he used to be a special forces soldier and he chose to go to afghanistan while his son was dying and he wasn't actually present when his son died and then his marriage fell apart and he became a mercenary and he feels guilty about all this so nothing new that they're the same sort of things that we saw in the first film but i like what i liked about this one is that we do get a little bit of closure in regards to all of the above that i've just mentioned so that that's quite nice and i'm not going to explain how it's exactly done but i think that was quite good we have some returning characters as well. We have Nick, who's um, sort of Drake's eyes in the sky, the voice in his head. She's the worker of magic. She's sort of like his organizer. Um, and we do have her brother, Yaz, on the mission with him as well. Nick, she, she cares about Drake. Um, but this big mission that they take, she wouldn't have taken this job if she knew it was so personal to Drake. And, you know, she cracks it at him because she thought, and obviously it's important to her is the idea of trust. And, and Drake didn't tell her about this. So that's a little bit of a, a nice little take from her. Yaz, the brother, um, you know, we're not going to be seeing him again. Spoiler, apologies. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's the, the downside to, to one of these films, I guess. If you have a recurring character, there's every chance that um, they're not going to hang around. Uh, then we talk a little bit about the the bad guys, I guess. We've got these two brothers, um, Davit, who's this guy in jail. Um, he's got this big gang. They deal with drugs, weapons, all that sort of stuff. And his gang help 
sort of him inside because they pay law enforcers to allow him to keep um, his family in jail with him and, and almost like his kids and his wife are in jail with him and I mean it's a pretty bad um, pretty bad character really if you know you're so selfish that you want your wife and your kids in jail with you to keep your company um, and he's not very nice to his wife either so not a very nice guy and then on the outside he's got a brother um, Durab who sorry Zurab who you know he seems pretty gnarly himself he's sort of devastated that um, we <laughs> another spoiler but David he, he dies he's killed by Drake and you know he says that his, his quest now is to chase down Drake and he says it's not about revenge but but that's literally what it is uh, you know they do put this focus on him having hearing aids early on which I sort of thought was good to see later on where they use this scene where he takes him out to block the sounds and then he can only hear the voice of his father who who is you know family is what he lives for um, his brother his dad this, this is all an interesting insight into him as a character as well um, then we've sort of got and I'm not really going to talk about um I'm not going to talk about David's wife and, and daughter because the main focus, I guess, is on his son, Sandro, who Drake obviously helps escape and he's sort of got these... Um, well, I mean, if you've seen the first film too, he's almost like the kid in the first Extraction film too. You know he's the character who's going to have to deal with either being loyal to his father and his gangster dad and his roots or, or do the right thing by his mum and his sister. So interesting little, um, little take there on some of the characters. The director, Sam Hargraves, uh, you know, we've spoken about him before because he obviously directed the first film, but, you know, he's, he's done stunt work on a lot of uh, Marvel films, Avengers Infinity War, Endgame, Thor films. He um, helped out on Interceptor, which was another Hemsworth film that was a Netflix original that we covered as well on this show. Um, he's got this film called Profit in production, which I'm, I'm interested in, in learning a bit about. It's based on a comic book, and it's going to star my boy Jake Gyllenhaal. So that's a, another exciting one to, to look out for from um, Sam Hargraves. Time to talk about some scenes. What are some scenes that stood out? What are some ones that I probably didn't like? Um, I mean, I like this film, so there's going to be more that I liked, but it's going to be hard to break them down because this film is literally about two huge action sequences which are done so well. But some other little bits and pieces. I think, you know, to start off with, we um, sort of see um, Zurab, this bad guy with his big cronies all around him, his big crew, and um, the governor rocks up to talk to him and he's trying to, you know, bribe him into make sure, like, because his brother's been given extra sentence or extra time on his sentence and he's trying to, you know, talk him out of it and then he just turns around and gets a pitchfork and puts it through the, the governor's throat. <laughs> I was not expecting that. That really shocked me. I thought that was a good start um, to sort of see what lengths this guy would go to as a character. Um, then we sort of see Drake's done his rehab and he's, he's back sort of in this little um, hut in the middle of the snowy mountains of Austria and this car rocks up and Idris Elba got out of the car. I did not know he was in this film. I was so excited. I was shocked. I was just like, ah, Idris. I love Idris. I was so happy to see him get out of that car. Um, the, then uh, this is the scene I spoke about, the 22-minute scene that everyone's talking about. I mean, for me, this scene sort of starts when um, the daughter, I think her name's Mia, she drops her squeaky toy on the floor and then Drake just smashes it with his foot and that's when everything sort of just lets loose. The electricity in the prison comes back on as he's trying to get this family out and, uh, you know, just like some of the best action I've seen in a while. We've got bombs, guns, shovels, snapping of fingers, fire, <laughs> fire on humans, cars, motorbikes, cars flipping, trains, tunnels and trains. Like It was just such a big sequence. It was super cool. Really enjoyed that. Uh, and then the second big scene that I want to talk about too, it sort of starts off with um, Sandro um, sort of reflecting on this balcony in this big tall building with Drake and sort of realizes he's done the wrong thing by calling um, 
sorry, not calling, calling his dad, calling his uncle, and he's done the wrong thing in calling his uncle. And, um, you know, Drake sort of says, kid, what did you do? Which made me laugh. But then we get helicopters, choppers, we get car parks, cars, rocket launchers, big action sequences in gymnasiums where, you know, dumbbells are used as weapons. We've got glass rooftops, we've got swimming pools, all in this one building. It was That was a, a really cool action sequence as well. Um, there was some nice emotional sort of bits. I really liked this moment where Keto, uh, Drake's ex-wife, she comes back and um, she's there to see her sister and he, he sort of goes on about being sorry that he wasn't there when their son was unwell and, and he talks about, you know, um, how he should have been there and, and she asks, why didn't he stay? Because, you know, we needed you and, and his response was like, because he couldn't do it. He couldn't fix it. So this gave us a lot of insight into him as a character. He's really only, you know, he's not up for things that he can't fix. He thinks he can fix everything. So I really like that. And then there's a follow-up to this at the end of the film too, where um, she goes to visit Drake when he's in prison and tells him that, you know, the son's last image of him was him going off to save people, not leaving him. And I thought that was really nice closure to that character that we've seen over two films now, that he's got that closure about his son, about his ex-wife, now he's good to, to move on. Um, the final thing I'll finish with, I think th th there's a final sort of action battle between Drake and... Um, sorry, not Drake. I keep saying Drake, Rake. Tyler Rake. Um, and... Um, Rake and Zurab and, and Rake finishes him off and they're both just sort of lying there and there's this high angle shot looking at the two bodies sort of lying there and then Rake says um, he's like I won't stop and then he just turns a gun and shoots it through Zurab's head I thought that was um, pretty cool too alright uh, things I didn't like I think you know obviously we understand that Tyler Rake is this character that at the end of the first film was pretty much down and out but we get these two montages that i'm not sure were needed one at the start of rake going through rehab and then this other one of him out in this um little cottage in the middle of nowhere doing push-ups chopping wood moving rocks just very cliche and like you know we just want to see hemsworth doing manly stuff uh i think there's a scene where yaz is in the car they're they're on the way to sort of support um tyler rake in breaking out of prison or not breaking but helping him break people out of prison and yaz is in the car talking to his sister nick about he's sweating and he might have low sugar levels because he saw it on tiktok i was just like what that was the most random piece of dialogue uh was not expecting that at all uh, all right, themes, ideas. What's, what's this film trying to say? I think, you know, it, it has a quite a few little good things to say. I think that the idea of fighting your way back, we see that Tyler Rake is, you know, he's trying to find out what he's fighting for. And, and for him, is that the idea of family or, or memory of what that was and being able to change that trauma and that misinterpretation or the, the interpretation of what it was to what it really is. I like that idea. I think we do see the idea too of, of adults failing kids, um, especially, you know, like we've got this really young kid sandro sandro who can be meshed into whatever he can be but he shouldn't have to think that he has to grow up being hard he shouldn't have to think that you know he can't be emotional he should have the ability to learn from his life and he doesn't need to do exactly what his dad wants he can be his own person um and in saying that too i think the idea of um revenge revenge is seen through this film through you know brothers through family through blood through protection and, and a little bit too that there's this background of this idea of civil wars and wars like the, these brothers wouldn't have been the criminals they were without the idea of war and and this idea of war enabling or, or turning people into people with a warped sense of what's right and what's wrong and and we do see in a scene too with the bible like the interpretation of faith possibly in the wrong way um so a couple of good things to take out of there uh, what did i take away from this film i think i really enjoyed it in one of those um, moments where uh, where Rake's sort of sitting there um, in his little cottage watching TV and there's a, an Australian rules football game, an AFL game on the TV um, during this retirement montage. And I, I mean, you know, 
for him to be able to get you know his favorite sport his favorite team is the the bulldogs they're on the screen playing against the lions it was just nice to see an australian rules uh, game in this big hollywood blockbuster uh, but at times like watching this film it did feel like a video game not not in a negative way but there were so many sort of over the shot sort of point of view camera styles especially in these big big action sequences um it was it's not a negative thing but it just did feel like a video game um a good video game at that questions any ponderings i, I think the, the question still remains about rake is, is he a hero um you know he still causes a lot of chaos a lot of death a lot of destruction a lot of pain but he's you know he does the right thing of what he thinks is the right thing is he is he still a good guy i'm not sure i'd like i'd, I'd like to think because it's chris hemsworth he is he is a good guy um but yeah it's an interesting question and i, I do have a little bit of an observation i guess in that the end of this film, we have Idris Elba's character. I think he was unnamed in the film because uh, Ray kept asking him, you know, what's your name? What's your name? I, I looked it up. I think in the credits, he's credited as a character called Alcott. But Idris Elba, like, um, so he rocks up at the end of the film and he gets um, Rake out of prison and offers him another job. And just based on Idris Elba and, and he plays his character Luther. And if you've seen the Netflix original film Luther, which came out not that long ago, <laughs> which is also on Netflix, the ending is almost exactly the same reverse because Idris Elba's character of Luther in that film, he gets pulled out of prison and offered a job as well. I just couldn't believe the coincidence in this. It was almost like a reversal. It felt like I was in some warped world. So I thought that was um, an interesting little thing to see. All right, we're ready to wrap this up. So on this show, we give the film a rating out of five. Um, for me, I... I thoroughly enjoyed this. I think the two huge action sequences that I've mentioned, they're well worth your time just to get the thrill out of it. And Hemsworth's good. Um, he proves that he can really do anything, I think, especially he is a good action hero. I think you need to give this film a go. I'm giving it a three and a half out of five. Good score from me. I do apologize. I kept referring to Rake as Drake. Um, not sure why, but I apologize for that. We've got socials. We've got Twitter. We've got Instagram, Instagram as well. Give us a like. Give us a follow if you can question i wanted to put up there is just realistically is this better than the first extraction film for me i think it is i, I still enjoyed the first one but i think this one's just steps it up a tiny little bit better and uh, based on what i'm reading like as uh hemsworth is, is doing the press tours for this and, and based on the ending of this film surely we're going to see a third one um and maybe they'll up the ante again and it'll be even better especially if we find out who idris elba's boss is i'm intrigued who who's going to be that it's got to be some sort of big casting um as always, we, we have an episode. comes out every Wednesday. We've got a back catalogue of almost 250 Netflix original films. If there's one they've put out, we may have talked about it. You may want to listen to us. So give us a listen. Thank you for listening. And I'll see you regularly on our Wednesday show.